Grab your Bible. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 12. If you can't, if you can't find it, it's, it's in the Old Testament, uh, about a, a third of the way in maybe. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. What do you know about the sons of Issachar? The sons of Issachar. If I gave you a 3 by 5 card, which I have, by the way, and I asked you to fill it out with everything you know about the sons of Issachar, could you fill it up? Could you, could you fill out the front? <laughs> could you just write it down? Maybe and even spell Issachar correctly? Maybe? Maybe not? Uh, I'm like you. I've not heard a message uh, very often on the sons of Issachar. Hold on to those note cards. I'm not going to ask you to do that. You're going to need those later on, however. The sons of Issachar, interesting, interesting people mentioned here in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Let me read to you what it says here about these mighty men, these leaders who at the time of the transition between King Saul and David stepped up in the support of the new king. But listen to the interesting words that are written about these men. Of the sons of Issachar, verse 32, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command. The sons of Issachar who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. This morning, I, uh, I simply want to give you not so much a sermon, but a, but a challenge as we go into not just the holiday season, but we are approaching New Year's. And uh, many of you, as uh, many of us do, will set New Year's resolutions. And this year, instead of waiting till uh, the Sunday of New Year's, which is the first day of the year is a Sunday, and giving you the New Year's resolution, you know, standard sermon, uh, God has really been putting on my heart really a looking forward to the new year uh, earlier for whatever reason. And, and I felt like this morning just giving you this challenge, essentially to begin to look forward to what God has for you in 2012, but to begin praying and planning about it now. It says of the sons of Issachar, Two things. Number one, that they understood the times. They understood the times. What this means is that in this transition between King Saul and King David, these men knew what God was doing at their point in time in history. They knew what this meant, not just for their point in time in history, but they knew what it meant for the big picture of God's eternal redemption plan. And it doesn't say this about all the people of Israel, but it says uniquely about the sons of Issachar is that they comprehended, they understood, they had a grasp of, they got it, that which God was doing among their people and in their nation. Now, I don't know that as Christians we, we, can, we can always say that. Even as Christians, that we could always say that we have an understanding historically and at this point in time in history. What is God doing with his church? What does he want of his church? How does it fit into this, this historical unfolding of his redemption plan of humanity? What is he doing? What has he been doing? What will he do? And in particular, do we know what part we play? Do you know what part you play? Could it be said of you? Could it be said of Cornerstone Church? that we are men and women 
sons and daughters who have this unique and particular understanding of what God is doing in this, our point in time in history as a, as a small portion of his eternal and complete redemptive plan. Do we know? Do we know? I think as we look forward to the new year and we ask the question, what does God want of me? I think part of, part of us should desire and, and pray and ask God that he would create in us a desire if need be. But that thing that would cause in our lives us to qualify as people of understanding as to what he's doing. I mean, will we in 2012, will we qualify for it to be said of us that we are men, women, sons and daughters of our God on high who understand the times. You know, Ricky uh, mentioned earlier in the midst of worship and song that despite what's going on in the news and CNN and Wall Street and the economy, etc., that we have, in essence, this anchor. We have something that holds us. We have something that guides us. We have something that directs us as believers. But do we really give much thought to, to where we fit in God's plan? There was another thing said about the sons of Issachar. Not only did they understand the times, not only did they have a grasp, a comprehension of what God was doing, but it says that they knew what their part was. They knew what they should do. And so they knew what God was doing, but they also were able to apply that into their life and figure out where they fit. And I don't know that that could be said of all of us in Christianity. Now you realize that one is based on the other. The latter is based on the former. It'd be pretty difficult for you to figure out where you fit into God's plan if you really don't have an understanding or a comprehension of the times that we're in in regard to what God is doing spiritually in His kingdom. If we have little or no idea about what God's kingdom plan is and where in God's kingdom plan we are historically, it's going to be a great, great challenge for you and us even collectively as a church to see where we fit in that plan. So the question's pretty simple. The question's pretty simple. Could we be considered in this way sons or daughters of Issachar? Are we a people of understanding that we know what the times are? hold. And more than that, do we know where we fit in God's plan? And so it's not any more complicated than that this morning. There's nothing deeper this morning. There, there's, there's nothing more that can take us maybe away happily from that, that single challenge. So here's what I'm here's what I'm uh, here's what I'm hoping for is that uh, God will help us corporately and individually to become a church who understands the times. How do we how do we get there? I, I put down three things because what I what I what I sensed was that God was challenging me specifically on this, and there were three areas that He gave me, and so I'm going to pass them on to you because I don't want to carry them all alone. And here's what he said to me. In order to become 
qualified to be called men, women, sons or daughters who understand the times, what God is doing in his kingdom. I, I need to become, number one, someone who's a, a better student of the word. He tells us in here, doesn't he? I mean, he unfolds for us here. It's, it's not, it's not uh, hidden from us completely what he's doing. He tells his children the times that we're in. He wants us to understand as his children what's going on in the world. And he wants us to understand our part of that. And so here are the three things. Number one is I, I don't read enough probably right here. I don't read enough. I don't know about you. But I simply don't read enough. You know, one of the dangers for pastors is that we spend our time reading as time to teach. And we don't spend enough time just for learning ourselves. Uh, I have to constantly remind myself of what uh, John MacArthur, theologian and pastor, said on a tape. You remember tapes? Uh, the pastor I got saved under when I was in high school he, uh, he started feeding me tapes, and it was some strange guy named John MacArthur. I didn't know who he was. I was a teenager. And I started listening to those tapes. And one of the tapes was a uh, pastor's conference where he, he did a question-answer with pastors. And they were asking him all kinds of different questions about how he prepares to teach and how he, how he leads as a pastor, etc. And I remember one question in particular. The question was from a pastor in the audience, uh, Pastor John, how, how do you... How do you go about reading your Bible to prepare to teach? And his answer was something like this. I never go to the Bible looking for what I can teach the people. And I thought that was kind of strange. And he followed it up with this statement. He said, I go to the Bible asking God to teach me. And from the abundance of what God teaches me, you'll always have enough to teach the congregation. And I thought, wow, that's probably a pretty good idea. And the truth is, I don't, I don't do enough of that. And that's a, that's, a, that's a temptation for every pastor. But maybe the temptation for you is, is that uh, if you do get up in the morning and you read your word and you check that box that you've had your quiet time, maybe you have one of those going through the Bible in one year so at the end of the year you can check the box that you read through your Bible. We all have the tendency that even if we do go to our Bible, we do, we do the reading so that we can check the box and we did our quiet time for the day. Let me encourage you, go to God's word. Go to God's Word, asking Him to help you, for one, understand what's going on in this world. It's there, and He wants to tell us. So if we don't qualify to be men and women, sons and daughters who understand the times, it might be because we don't read His Word enough. The second reason uh, that He convicted me of was that I most likely don't pray enough for that answer. It could be that maybe we ought to pray more. Asking God for answers to what in the world are you doing in our day and time? Where, where do I need to play a part? So his word. Prayer. The third one was just listening. Very often we, uh, we do our prayer time and we go through our list of everything we want and need and even everything we're thankful for. But we fail just to stop and listen in our prayers. Can I encourage you as you, as you, as you think about this this morning and you begin to pray towards what God would have for you in 2012, would you just take the time to remember to listen? That's a huge part of prayer that we've missed, maybe. God would love to speak to you through His Holy Spirit. We need to give Him the time to do it. 
So there's the reading, there's the praying, and there's the listening. I think doing those things, for me at least, I'll be more apt to be called a man who understood the times in regard to his kingdom and what he's doing in redemption. And now what should I do? What should we do? Because the sons of Issachar were not just men who understood the times, but they understood, they had a knowledge of what Israel should do. How do you act? How do you move now? What is, what is their position? What is their role? They knew. They knew. Here's some challenges that I came up with on this end. Uh, some of us just don't know where we're needed. When it comes to Christianity and when it comes to the work of God in His kingdom, some of us have no idea where we're needed. Maybe just because we've never asked Him. Maybe you've never asked God, where, where do you need me, Lord? Where do you need me in the grand scheme of things? Some of us, maybe we know, maybe we know we're needed, but maybe some of us don't know how we can be involved. Some of you get that you're needed, but you've never asked him specifically, okay, God, how, how do you want to use me? Where do you want to use me? In what particular way? Now, let me qualify this for a moment because I'm not talking, I'm not talking should I be a teacher or should I be a lawyer? I'm not talking your profession. I'm not talking that you need to now at the end of the year going into 2012 just reevaluate all of life and all of your career. I mean, maybe you do, but what I'm saying here is that I'm just talking more basic than this. Whatever it is that you do, wherever it is that you make your living, however your career is pointed, how about we just start there and say, Here, here's what I'm doing, God. How can I serve you there? And, and it may just be that some of us don't... don't Give him permission to work at that level. I mean, maybe down the road he wants to redirect your career. Maybe he does. But how about we just ask him right here, right now, I'm going to work tomorrow here. How can, how can I be involved in this grand scheme of what you're doing in the kingdom? Help me, Lord, not only to understand what's going on historically when it comes to redemption and be aware of that, have that knowledge and understanding, that comprehension, but now how can I jump in and be a part? The third thing I came up with here is that sometimes, and this was back pointed at me and uh, God, I think, through the Holy Spirit that is uh, resident in my wife, uh, points this out for me time to time. Uh, some of us don't, just don't know how to choose. Some of us are well aware that God, that God wants to use us. Some of us are, are, are well aware of ways that He can use us. But some of us, like me, uh, see so many ways that we would like to be involved that we spread ourselves among them and we're not asking God clearly enough, okay, are you, is this where I need to give full effort or is this where I need to give more effort or do I need to pull back here or do I need to push away here? I mean, there may be great things and great ideas out there. Uh, I can give them to you if you don't have them. There are, there are tons. But maybe God wants to say to you, here's where I want you to put forth your efforts in 2012. But we've got to listen and we've got to ask, don't we? Number one, read, pray, listen for clarity on what God is doing at this point in history. Number two, ask Him where, where you jump in so that you can become sons and daughters who understand the times and know what it is you are 
to do. Let me put it in uh, football terms since we've been all, you know, worried about these bowl games and all this stuff. And you Georgia Bulldoggy fans, maybe you'll get this. Uh, maybe you ask in these terms, God, what quarter of the game are we in here? Well, what's the score? What's the down and distance? What does our personnel look like? Who's out? Who's in? Who's hurt? Who's suspended? What's, what's the team look like right now? What can I do to help the team? What position can I play? And maybe it's not just the position, but maybe the answer that God comes back to you with is, you, you know your position, stay in your position, but maybe you need to work out a little harder. Maybe you need to hit the gym a little more in terms of getting into His Word, praying, listening. And maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a matter of where has He called you onto the field, but are you prepared for that position on the field? Uh, coaches get extremely irritated. I've found in one scenario more than any other in my times playing ball, it's when there's a guy missing on the field. If you're not familiar in football, there should be 11 guys on the field from each team. Every, every now and then, you look out there and there's only 10 guys and the coach freaks and he's looking around. He's like, who's missing, right? And he starts grabbing guys and he's tearing through the sideline and you find this one guy sitting back on the bench squirting water in his mouth. He's not paying attention at all. What we say is he doesn't have his head in the game to know that he's supposed to be on the field because he's back here talking. Maybe he doesn't get in very often. He hasn't been paying attention and now he doesn't realize, hey, we've got a punt and I'm on the punt team. And now he can't even find his helmet because he set it on the side somewhere and coaches are going crazy. And now you see this guy trotting out like the last guy right before the snap of the ball and coaches are furious. Can I just tell you that that guy gets reamed the next week? He's running all week long. Why? Because his head wasn't in the game. I mean, the one thing I'm asking, coach will say, is just pay attention and get your head in the game. Know what's going on on the field well enough to know, is it your turn to get in the play. I mean, maybe, maybe God would say to some of us that our head really isn't even in the game well enough to know, spiritually speaking, what in the world's going on in regard to His kingdom throughout eternity, much less to be able to play our part. So the challenge this morning is, um, the challenge is obviously to become men and women, sons and daughters who qualify to be sons of Issachar, right? You could put a title on this sermon, Wanted, Sons and Daughters of Issachar. And now you know what that means. That you, you, you know what God's doing. And you have, you, have a, you have a suspicion on how He might want to use you. So here's what I ask of you this morning. Uh, you got that three by five card? Don't worry about writing down what you know about the sons of Issachar. I want you to take that home. And over the next uh, couple of weeks, before we get to New Year's, I want you to spend some time praying, asking God, remember to listen, by the way, where He, where he wants you to improve for 2012. I think there, there, there's some basic, fundamental Christianity 101 worth to us taking a little extra time, giving God permission 
to whisper into our hearts, into our soul, hey, I I need you in this way. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. And here's how you can play a part. Here's how right where you are, you can get better. Can I tell you that um, just as a heads up, God wants to do that in a loving manner. Uh, Don't be afraid that, Christian, he wants to come down on you. That he's going to come with a hard and heavy hand. And he's going to put a a heap of guilt on your shoulders to say, you have been missing it. He's not going to come like that coach on the sideline because your head's not in the game and grab you by the face mask. (laughs) He's not going to do that. Can I tell you that he, he wants to lovingly escort you into the game. He wants to help you to know where you can plug in and play. And maybe he just says, you know what, I, I, I just want to be closer to you. I just want to spend more time with you in, in relationship. I, I, just want to, oh, I just want you in my word more. I just need you to listen more in prayer. Maybe you, you start to get the understanding that you don't quite comprehend all that he's doing. And if you're going to name the name of Christ, maybe you should know what he's doing in this world. And maybe on your card you you put down, I've got to find a way to figure out what God is doing at this point in history because I'm not quite sure. So maybe maybe I've got to find a small group. Maybe I've got to find a life group. Maybe I've I've got to ask Pastor Darrell, where's a book that I could just get started? Jot that down. Where does he want you to improve for 2012? I, I, think that, I think that the basis of this, the just taking the time to ask God, might be new for some of us. Or maybe it's just been a real long time before we gave God permission to direct the course of our life. What better time What better time to start down the road of becoming sons and daughters who understand the times and know what it is we ought to do for our great king who was born this season to sinners like us. Amen. What a better time to ask. Why don't you pray with me? As as I voice this prayer and you have your eyes closed and you're in your place, I'm going to ask that um, if you already sense, if you already sense that God would be speaking to you this morning, that you need to fill out this card, that you, you need to let him speak a word of direction into your life, that maybe you've been, you've been directing your own course, that you already sense this morning that God is calling you to let him be Lord and not just Savior, to let him be the director of 2012 for you, as a way of just, at this point, saying as a, as a commitment, God, I'm going to, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to let you fill this card out for me. I'm going to commit right here this morning to let you speak to me. I'm going to let you have permission. I'm going to ask those basic questions. Then right now, this morning, here's what I want you to do while everyone's praying with their eyes closed, just as a way of, not to me, but to, to
to God. Why don't you just stand as I say this last prayer? If that's you and you want, you want this commitment to start now, that you're going to let God fill out this card, that as I begin to pray, why don't you stand as I pray, just as a way to express to God and to yourself, and to yourself, mind you, that you're going to ask these basic questions so that God has the right to direct your life. All right? All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, um, we know that you are, you are a holy and sovereign and loving God. And your plans for us far surpass anything we could imagine. We know that you have an eternity set for us. Jesus told us before he left that he goes to prepare a place for us. That where he's going will one day be as well. So we know, Lord, that you have the best in mind for us. But the truth is that um, this world will not continue to spin for all time. The truth is there is a culmination to history as we know it. There is a culmination to time. Some of us, Lord, we just we don't quite get where we fit into that timeline. We don't, we don't really know what it is in history you're doing right here and right now. And we, we need to know better. And so many of us are standing this morning already saying that we commit to letting you fill out our card. We commit to just asking you to tell us what what it is you desire from our lives. And even now, we, uh, we start down that road of, of committing to that, to that calling for 2012. We give, you, we give you our lives. And we ask that over the next couple weeks, Lord, that uh, you wouldn't let this card literally or even figuratively get lost in the shuffle. Lord, would you, uh, would you use the next few weeks of this holiday season to give us direction? Maybe to challenge us? Maybe to clarify for some of us? Lord, what I know is that there are some in this room this morning who... Uh, whose lives are on the rocks and um, things are uh, heavy at home and um, not all is well this holiday season. But the word says that you are our strong foundation, our solid rock to stand upon. And so Lord, we fall, we fall at your feet we cling to you as our anchor and there is no safer no safer place to be than with you doing that which you've called us to do walking in a way that you've called us to walk whatever that course for our life is and I also know that there's no more joyful place to be So, Lord, would we, uh, would we have a loving desire to be in your will? Fill out our cards, Lord. 
fill out our cards. In Jesus' name.